It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. That's our cue to uh, talk, and uh, it was another Friday night of uh, football, and I don't know. Um, Crosslex flex their muscle again. Um, Marine City wins the bell. Brady was at that one. We'll talk about that. Looks yeah, like some a in- tough loss for Marysville. Interesting thoughts. That's going to be a game I wish we saw. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Croslex really steps to the plate and shows what they're made of. I'm sure that will dominate the BWAC conversation. And then two wins for the Portion area schools. And, Dennis, our eight-man teams continue to impress. Yeah, it was a a big Friday night um, for everybody who uh, played. A couple teams still have to play, but I think it's going to be a big Saturday, too, for our eight-man teams. Yes. Um, But uh, we'll get into all of that and everything else, and we'll uh, start with the battle for the bell when we come back in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Derek Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400, extension 132. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and Brady, and uh, let's uh, talk about the battle for the bell. Marine City St. Clair is where we're going to start tonight. Yeah, it was a sloppy game. I wouldn't say either side played really well. It was a there wasn't a lot of rhythm to this game. Uh, Marine City comes out on top, thirty-three to eight. Before I sink my teeth in this one, because I do have a lot of thoughts about this game. Let's hear the highlights, and then let's hear what Coach Lutzen had to say. First, we'll start off with what it sounded like in Marine City's thirty-three to eight win. Jeff Heslop under center, tight end left. One deep man, Zach Teller. He's about eight yards deep in the backfield. Two fullbacks in front of him. Heslop, snap, handoff, Tetler. He finds a hole. He scampers into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Peyton Ellis under center. Gabriel, the deep man. One man split out either side. Ellis, snap, fakes the handoff. Rolls out near side. He has pressure from behind. He's hit. Ball comes out into the hands of a Mariner and into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Colin Gabler had the ball pop out right to him and into the end zone. He runs a strip sack touchdown for Marine City. First and 10 from the St. Clair 43-yard line. Heslop under center. Tetler and Rafino, the men in the backfield. Snap, handoff, near side. Tetler looking for a crease. Found one. 25-30, breaking away. 20-15-10. Good night. Touchdown, Zach Tetler. It took them 32 seconds to find the end zone. Marine City taking their time working to the line. They break the huddle, hustle. Heslop under center. Deep man, Tetler. Overload left for Marine City. Snap. Fakes the handoff to Tetler. Wide open man in the end zone. Heslop tucks it in, and he scampers into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Jeff Heslop on the keeper. Peyton Ellis under center from the one. Fourth and goal. Snap. QB sneak. It's a pile at the one. Touchdown, St. Clair. Heslop breaks the huddle. It looks like Muscat and Tetler, the deep men. Muscat working out wide to the left. 
In motion, snap, handoff, Tetler into the end zone. Touchdown, Marine City. Looks like first and 10 from the 38th snap. Handoff, Tetler looks for a seam, can't find one. Brought down at the 40, and the clock runs out. Marine City wins the battle for the bell. Talk about some, talk about some bad blood. <laughs> it was... I'll just say that you know the old Woody Hayes quote. We didn't. I didn't go. I went for two because I couldn't go for three. It had <laughs> so, that kind of energy. And Dennis, yeah, there's no love lost between these two teams. Uh, Marine City did not play a clean game. The the strip sack you heard made it thirteen to nothing going into the half. So St. Clair's defense gave up one touchdown on the first drive of the game, and after that they shut out Marine City in the first half. Marine City scored on the first two drives of the second half, but still a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes, a lot of penalties. I talked to Coach Darren Letson. He was happy about the win, but he knows they have a long way to go. Here is head coach Darren Letson after a 33-8 win over rival St. Clair, winning the battle for the bell. Coach, it wasn't a cleanly played game, but you guys felt like you were in control of it for most of the ball game and especially in the second half. Yeah, I, I thought really, I, I thought we controlled the pace of the game. I thought we controlled the game. Um, I just, it's, it's a, the, the penalties absolutely kill us, you know, uh, and they're they're at the most inopportune times. But uh, you know, we, we just got to continue to try and learn from it. It's not it's not disciplined football by any means. I'm not I'm not going to say that. But uh, I know defensively, I thought we played well. Uh, our defense got a turnover. And, and, and a score with the turnover. And then our special teams made a couple big plays again on punt returns and uh, in the long kickoff return. So uh, we're getting hidden yards with the uh, with the special teams. And then uh, our, our defense is, is getting there. Our defense is getting there. And then we just got to clean up on offense. But, hey, you win. You're 2-1. and one. Um, we'll, we'll work on some things next week. Obviously, we're going to play what sounds like a 3-0 South Lake team. So we'll go from there. The defense was really the turning point because it felt, even though you were up 7 nothing, it felt like St. Clair had a lot of that momentum until the scoop and score right before the half. How much did that change the game, and how much did that defense really keep you in the game and keep keep the momentum kind of on your side? Yeah, I thought the defense did a great job, really. They, they put them in, in some tough situations all night long, um, which is what you want your defense to do. We got pressure uh, on, the, on their quarterback. Um, and and I just thought the defense did a did a tremendous job, and we, we eventually I think we'll get there. We'll we'll have you know all the facets working together. Really, you have to right. If you don't, then you're gonna get nicked again, and your time in November will be very short. But uh, you know, you win, you, you you'll take it. You just go back and look at things, try and improve, and get better. How do you clean up the penalties? Because that has been the one glaring non-Marine City that's very uncharacteristic of you guys through the first two games I've seen you. Oh, I, I agree. It is. It's 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 very frustrating to be honest with you. Um, and, and and some of it's just they, they got to have they got to have more self discipline themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And then we'll just continue to work on drilling it one way or another at practice. But uh, there's there's got to be more self focus and more self discipline uh, with with with, with uh, in our kids, especially the offense. And, and I really think some of it with the offense is they're waiting for 26 to just you know just do something and they're you know whatever. But we'll work on it. Well, Coach, congratulations. At least enjoy this win, and uh, good luck when you get ready for Southlake. Yeah, thanks. It sounds like it'll be a tough one. So Coach Lutzen had a few interesting tidbits in that conversation. And, well, Dennis, I'm, let's see where we want to start with uh, because 
the, the comment he made about they're waiting for 26 to make a big play, I think that holds a lot of credence. Offensively, uh, with the penalties and just mistakes, they had a bad snap that went through Heslop's legs that went back to the, the 21 yards that, that hurt a drive. There are a lot of uncharacteristic Marine City mistakes, and I've seen it now for two games. And that's where I start to get a little concerned. I think I sent you a text during the game that said, this is the most human they've looked. It. I don't want to to like raise a huge alarm bells and everything, but I think I said on the broadcast, through two games, I have seen more untimely penalties at the worst times. And not just, you know, sometimes you hold the guy. Sometimes, but blocking the back, roughing the passer, false start, things like that that have really hurt Marine City where they hadn't done it. And I think I said I've seen it more in two games than I did all of last year. Well, I, I think those things you can fix, and, and they'll clean that up. They know what they're doing. Again, you know, they are a younger team this year. They are. And they lean heavily on the seniors that they do have. And I think one of the problems is I, we know uh, Jeff Heslop didn't play last week, and you could tell he wasn't 100% this week. And, that Dennis, that makes a big difference. When, when you have a three-year starting quarterback in under center or out of the gun that can, you know, his poise commands the offense well, it makes a difference. And, I, and him not being able to roll out, like he does not have that same burst that you would see last year, and that takes away an element – and the thing it does is we talked about it in the when we previewed this game. You can key on 26. Now, as you heard in the highlights, he will still burn you, but it's not as easy for him to do so because you can kind of commit more guys there. I'm sure Lincoln Osterlin will end up being a really fine player for Marine City in time. But he's still a freshman right now, and he and I'm sure he does a good enough job but the di- there is a difference between a three-year starter and a green freshman. Yeah, uh, but, but again, I've always said if you're not healthy, it's, it's really hard to play. And, but, I mean, in this case, if he's able to play, I guess he helps your team more than playing a guy that doesn't have the experience. I'm just, you know, here, here's, here's the problem for Marine City is they've been so damn good for so long that if they go 7-2, and two, everybody thinks they stink. Well, and yeah, that's where I was going with this is one of the reasons I'm a little more concerned and I maybe sound a little negative is I do hold Marine City to a higher standard because they have proven that's where the bar is. And Dennis, you know, you've done, done this long enough. Different programs have different bars. Had... Armada had this uh, game against Cross-Lex three, four years ago. We're having a different discussion, and we'll talk about that in the second segment, but Armada has raised the bar to the point where that game is just not acceptable. Marine City has raised the bar to the point where when you see these mistakes, again, it humanizes them a little, where the last two years there would be situations and you'd go, oh, don't worry, they'll run the – it'll be – 
second and 17 and they'll run the first down play and get 20 yards <laughs> and they just had it just they had a little bit of this mystique and I guess I wasn't too concerned about it through one game with Armada because it was week one and a really good team and hey week one mistakes happen but now I saw it in a second game and I know they have another level to get to but their offense is out of sync right now, and it's maybe it is, Dennis, not fair because last year it was hitting automatic. They'd score 42, 50 points in a game. So maybe I'm just being unfair, but I just am a little concerned with some of the stuff. And you heard Darren Lefton say it. He's frustrated by it, and he, he kind of said the kids just have to hold themselves to a, a be more self-disciplined or we're going to have to take care of it in practice one way or another. Yeah. I mean, I, I get concerns, but I'm just looking at it going, they won by 25 tonight against a team that has been playing good defense, if nothing else. Yes. 33-8 uh, to eight is nothing. We're not talking like they won the game 12-8 to eight and barely got out of there right. with their lives and were lucky to win. They were the better team tonight. 33-8 to eight says so, at least to me. Um, they scored 56 against Clawson. Uh, and again, there are five plays in the Armada game just in the last five minutes of the game that if any one of those plays goes different, Marine City wins in week one and they're 3-0 and and we might be still nitpicking them. But the bottom line is until something catastrophic happens to this football team, I'm going to say they're going to win more than they lose. Well, they're, yeah, again, they're still that's the not front runners in the gold silver. and or silver and let's let's be honest about this too. You know what their division is like and as good as they've been, they go to a state final about once a decade. It's hard. You don't make runs the semifinals and the finals every year unless you're a school that recruits. Right, or, yeah, basically. Or you're a, a small school that just has the program going, like like New Lothrop, that just is there and they it's they just it's their machine. Puwama, Westphalia, like schools like that. But, yeah, I, I'm not uh, – again, I'm probably being a little unfair. I, I know they got to Ford Field last year. If they don't get back there this year – that doesn't mean to me that the Marine City program needs no, to be torn no, down not, and rebuilt. And no, I don't think I'm saying any of that. I'm not saying that. No, oh, I'm just saying in general, because I, I think what you're thinking is what a lot of people out there are like. Oh, you know, we, we all want to jump down the good program's throat when they're not perfect. These are high school kids, and not every year you're going to get a class as good as you had the year before. But most years, Marine City takes what they get and end up being pretty good. Right. But the concerns for me are things that are within their control, which it doesn't matter how good of a talent you have physically. It's taking a roughing the passer on second and 13 when St. Clair's backed up on their own 10. Instead of it being third and long in the shadow of their own goalpost, it goes to first and 10 on the 25. Like, they have had four to five to six plays like that every game, and I could maybe, they maybe had four to five of those all of last year, and it's the, it's the mental mistakes that 
you look at and you like that you just don't see Dennis because yeah, but again, and I know you can last clean year those they up. had Wyatt Walker out on the field and guys like that. Those guys aren't there now. You you got to give the guys that are in there playing more than three games. Yes, but again, and especially when when they're two and one and could be three and zero. Oh. Yes, yes, they again. This is because their standard is held in the highest regard. Their their standard is now it's, it's again. I'm not saying it's Ford Field or bust. That is not fair to to Marine City, but they know what it takes to get there. And Dennis, we've watched them, and we know what it takes from them. And they still have room to grow and room to work. Again, we'll see them in two weeks when they host Marysville. I think Marysville. Uh, they lost tonight to South Lake. It's going to be interesting to see how they would stack up with uh, St. Clair and, and what South Lake is because they lose 32-25 to South Lake, a game they were up 25-24 with about five minutes to go. And I had a couple people giving me reports on the game, and someone told me that there may have been more penalties than plays run. Wow. And I don't, I'm sure that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but first of all, that seems but like still, a still, if they're saying that, that means there were a lot of penalties. Right. That, that sounds like a theme throughout all the games tonight. And sometimes, hey, it's a full moon tonight. It's, mm-hmm. it's a weird night. So uh, just to conclude the other one, I still think Marine City's really good, and I think at worst they go 7-2. and two. Maybe if Lanfear is this unbelievable team that we don't know about or Southlake is really good, maybe there's a chance they get clipped. No, I just want to make that clear that I'm not saying that it's doom and gloom for Marine hey, City. R- right now, the Marysville game looks like that'll be an interesting game. Yes, yes. But what's wrong with that? No, nothing, nothing. I just wanted to make sure that I was a little negative, but overall I'm still positive on Marine City. It's just when you, the standard is the gold standard, playing silver-level football, it raises question marks because you're not used to seeing that. Just want to clarify, I still think Marine City is a damn good team and the favorites to win the silver and probably at least get to a regional final. Anyway. Back to Marysville and Southlake. I just wanted to make that abundantly clear to my Mariner friends down the river. <laughs> Southlake beats Marysville 32-25. And it seemed like a game where Marysville had a lot of chances to win this. Southlake went up. Uh, I think they had uh, Marysville had Southlake fourth and two from the three. Southlake got the first down and then scored and then recovered an onside kick to put it on ice. So it's, it seems like Southlake is a little more improved. And I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for Marysville, but this may have more to do about Southlake than it does about Marysville not being good. Because Southlake's 3-0 and now, and they were a playoff team last year. And again, going down to that place, it's that's an old field, and it's just that's a tough place. And to that's play where a game Marine City goes next w- week when when they have talent. That that's a that's a tough place to go and a tough team to play against. Uh, I do think Marysville is vastly improved. I, I know they're one and two now, but I think they're a good one and two. Like I I liked parts of their game with Almont. They weren't perfect against Almont. Obviously, they had a great week two against uh, Hazel Park, and obviously they were on the road with what five minutes to go, and they had a lead. 
yes. in this game. I actually thought this game would be even higher scoring than it was. I thought it would take 40 points to win. No, it was a low-scoring slugfest. And, Dennis, last year at this time, Marysville was 1-2. and two. You feel a hell of a lot better about this Marysville team than, than last did. year's. Yeah. Yes. Like, you feel – and it, I mean, because their two losses were bad losses, and this year they were competitive losses. Now, Lamphere comes to town next week. Lamphere is 3-0 and as well. We, I think we, we alluded to this and talked about this on a show earlier in the week. The silver is not going to be like last year's silver, where it's Marine City, then Fitz is a step behind, but there's still a couple of steps in front of everyone else, and then it's the rest of the silver fighting it out for third place. There's going to be some good games, and Marine City, like let's use Marine City as an example. They go down to South Lake. I don't think that is an automatic pencil it in 49 to 6 win like it has been the last couple years. Definitely not. Like, let's be honest. Last year, I mean, go back and listen to a pick segment from any week last year <laughs> with Marine City. We don't even do anal- uh, we don't even analyze the game. We're like, "Yep, Marine City. Yep, uh right it running time or super running time." <laughs> Where this year it's and again, it's a credit to the other teams in the Max Silver. I think Southlake is going to be a good team, and they're halfway, basically halfway to a playoff berth in the Max Silver. And yeah, I'm not, I still think Marine City is a somewhat heavy favorite, but I don't think it's a bet your mortgage that Marine City wins that game type of situation. No, and, and you know what? If that score ends up being close, again, I don't care as long as the right team wins. Right. Right. So. I hope Marysville can make improvements because we do feel this is a better team. Yeah, uh, next but if week's they, t- uh, telling game. But with, if they with drop Lamphere. the game to Lampfear next week, you go to one and three, and you're heading down to East China Stadium. I know it. it it's tough. More than halfway into this season, they could be staring at one and four, and I'd still say they're one of the better teams in the area this year. Yeah, that they're not that bad. That they're. Improved from last yeah, year, vastly improved, which is why I'm hopeful that they win one or both of those games. Yeah, it's just penalties were the name of the game, and it sounded like some of them were maybe composure penalties, maturity penalties. Again, things that if you want to be at the top of the Max Silver, if you want to beat Marine City, those are the those are the mistakes you can't have. And if you want to beat Lampfear, who Lampfear's start of the year is like Northern start of the year last year. They blow a team out, they beat a bronze team by like two points, eight to six, and then they <laughs> whoever who do they play this week? Clintondale, they beat them like fifty four to six. Yeah. I don't know what Lampfear is, and one of us will be at I think we're at that game next week. I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll talk about it Tuesday. But it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I would have liked to see Marysville win this game. It's a tough loss on the road, but I still think the playoffs are a possibility for Marysville despite losing this game to an improved Cavalier squad. Feeling a little better about PH right now. They beat Mott by 20 tonight at Memorial uh, Stadium. And, and it wasn't. It was twenty-seven, nothing at one point. Yeah, get, getting the bad taste of week one out of our mouths now after back-to-back impressive wins for PH and the Amari Holler was fantastic. 
uh, and this is what we've been waiting for. Yes, it is. Uh, I believe he had uh, five total touchdowns. He ran for three and passed for two, I believe. Uh, he's, yeah. And all the reports I got were it was a fairly cleanly played game. They, they might have given up like one long return, but it wasn't like the, the snafus you had in week one. Because I'll be honest, that like I said on, on Thursday's show, it left a bad taste in my mouth, and you wanted to see that improvement, and I have. And I'm glad I got this pick wrong because I just had a bad feeling that Mott was a better team that would come to town and, and knock off the Big Reds in a game that you, you hope they would win, and they did convincingly. This is what I wanted to see from them. All the praise to Port here on high. Yeah, and, and I don't know what to make of Mott. Uh, they just the loss to Gross Point North, and I'm probably not giving Gross Point North three and zero now enough credit. Yeah, but it just made them a little bit suspect to me. A team that's been up in the white, losing to a gold team, sends me a, a, a red flag. And PH was coming off a big week, and they're finally getting to play at home. Right. I just felt good about PH. I hope they can continue to carry this because you know what I want. I want PH to only have one loss and Northern to have no losses when they meet for the Crosstown Showdown. Well, let's – Northern wins. They beat Lons Cruz North, uh, what, 26-6. to It seemed like a bit of a sloppy game. I don't think – I'm sure if we talked to Larry Rollins and his staff, it wasn't a – it wasn't a clean game. But you win a game against the Lons Cruz North team that, at least looking at the scores – Seems to have a good defense, an above-average defense. Offense is, yeah, yeah, they struggle. Yeah, that's putting it nicely. I, uh, yes, this is a family program. So I, that I, doesn't surprise me that Northern held them to six. Right. And I'll, I'll say this, for three weeks, Northern gave them their worst loss. They lost by 20 this week. They lost by 14, I think, in week two and 11 in week one. Yeah. And Cousineau got another win, so Cousineau isn't as bad as we thought they were or at least have been in years in, past yeah, they're improved this year so northern and three gets, more tds that dylan blank was involved in yeah see i believe he threw for three have to double check that but they get a safety kick an extra point uh i believe casparian we were told what pinned him inside those 10 like four different times so special teams played a factor and yes is it nice to win 44 to 12 and 41 to 6 every week yes is it also nice to see you can go win a slot fest like they did last year and you know not play your best football and still come away with a 20-point yeah. win? And this is a road game, so I'll take a 20-point win on the road anytime. And I guess the third quarter was particularly ugly with penalties. Yeah, that, that just keeps popping up everywhere. Um, but can we talk about the Mac Blue for a second and just – and how there's only two good teams, and they're both from Port Huron? Yes. <laughs> because, you know, Dennis, we didn't know a lot of going in. We knew Lons Cruz North and Sterling Heights weren't going to be great. I had hopes for Frazier. You had hope, or I think we both had hopes that, that Mott, Mott would be competitive. Yes, that they would be the team. If someone were to knock off high in Northern, it would be Mott. But, Dennis, when... We look and Frazier beats Sterling Heights thirteen to eight, and we know how bad Sterling Heights has been. Like they lost to a silver team and a gold team in the first two weeks, and they gave up sixty four to Lamp Fear. They only put up ten against Lakeshore, 
and then you hold Frazier to 13, you and Frazier beats them 13 to 8. I'm sorry, the Crosstown Showdown, unless something changes dramatically or one of our Port Huron teams trips over themselves, Crosstown Showdown is going to be the Mac Blue title game again. It certainly is starting to shape up that way, isn't it? Yes, um, it is. You know, you, 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 well, you've got the two bottom teams in the league who are both pushing, like, 20-game losing streaks. Lons Cruz North hasn't won a game, like I said, since September 27th of 2019. That is, Dennis... Since we've had get stuck on sports.com, Lance Cruz North has not won a football game. And Sterling Heights hasn't won many either. Sterling Heights has technically won a couple. One was because of the Cousineau Revolt, and the other one was because of a, a COVID forfeit back in 2020. The last game they actually won was October 25th of 2019, so they're only a month shorter than Lance Cruz North. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Port here on high plays Frazier. I believe they go to Frazier, correct? Which makes that a little bit trickier, but PH seems to have good luck with Frazier. Frazier kind of gives Northern fits, but I mean, Northern, Northern were, beat them Frazier's last year, better, but it, it, wasn't it like an overtime game at Frazier the year before? Yeah, they lost, I think, 24-21 to Frazier down there, um, but those are two Frazier teams that ended with winning records. Yeah, I don't think this Frazier team's ending with a winning record. Yeah, that, but they're playing close games though, so you got to go in. No, ready I don't to think play they're terrible. Football. But you're zero three. I don't. Th- and their one loss was to Warren Woods Tower. I don't think Warren Woods Tower is anything special. No, that that we said it last on last week's uh, show that that's a bad loss. Yeah, and it's just. Yeah, the blue, the blue seems to be ripe for the taking for either Port here on area school. Now, they both have to get it done next week, Dennis, so you get your wish of two great records. And again, and we're setting up for another chapter in what has been a golden age of the Crosstown Showdown. Both have one more week to go. Both get wins this week convincingly. Hey, like you said, they might not be the prettiest. I think Port Huron actually had the prettier win, but... You take them, like you said, going down to Lance Cruz North, winning on the road in the Mac Blue against a school that has 700 more kids than you is always, you, you always take it. Hey, you can learn from the film, but if you don't play your best ball and get a win, I think everyone takes that. Yeah, I, I got no problems with them winning by 20 points on, on the road uh, tonight. Um, and, uh, and PH winning by 20 at home tonight. Those are good games, and I'm not too disappointed. with. I didn't see it, but Marine City won by 25. I'll take that. Crosslex Armada was the one that we were really ballyhooing as the game this week, and uh, one team ended up being a lot better than the other tonight, and we'll get into that uh, after the uh, break. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. 
and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast, and we move now into the uh, BWAC games 
And uh, let's face it, Brady, we had high expectations for the Crosslex Armada game. Armada had uh, the win over Marine City in week one that kind of elevated them up in everybody's mind to that next level. They took care of business against Yale last week. But uh, Crosslex smoked their first two opponents, and I don't think it was a fluke. And I'm going to start out by saying it is time for everybody to fess up and admit that Crosslex has a hell of a defense. I'm going to play play what you need to play because before I ask you a couple questions, um, I want to get this out of the way because if you don't, we'll get 10 minutes into this and forget all about it. Yeah. Uh, 34-12, the Pioneers beat the Tigers on Friday night in Crosslex, and it sounded like this. Third down and about a yard. They'll go to Groppy, bouncing it outside, turning it upfield. Groppy's got the first down, and Groppy has got the touchdown. He's into the end zone for a Pioneer score. Crosslex working from the Tiger 23. Again, Groppy the only back. Espinoza rolling out, throwing man wide open. It's Gonzalez. They got him this time. He'll make the catch, and he's into the end zone for a Pioneer touchdown. Play action now. And they'll throw it to the man coming out of the backfield. That's Day, and he makes the catch for the touchdown. Braylon Day snuck out of the backfield. He was the fullback or the halfback on the uh, the play, and they just dumped it off to him in the flat, and he slides into the end zone for the score. Second touchdown pass for Espinosa. 18-0 Pioneers. And they're going to run the football out of this formation. They give it to Andrews. He's inside the five, still on his feet, battles to the goal line, and he's into the end zone for a Tiger touchdown. Leo Andrews, five tough yards, gets the Tigers on the board with 27 seconds to go in the half. Huge play more so for Armada. 19-6, Crosslex leads. Second and goal from the eight. Espinoza looking, looking, has all kinds of time, thought about running. Now he throws it up for grabs, caught, touchdown. Soul makes the catch in the far corner of the end zone. Unbelievable. Espinoza has been a magician this half. It looked like he had run himself out of options and out of the the crowd he just lobbed it up into the air and soul out jumped everybody for the score and it's 25-6 pioneers and with 7:26 to go the tigers have a, a chance to get it a little closer here their first down at the three fodale the deep back now as they go powerhouse fodale get the carry patiently looking for a hole and he's into the end zone for a tiger touchdown a three yard run for Vinny Vo- fodale Cuts it to 26 to 12. So fresh set of downs, and it's first down Pioneers at the one. And Espinosa wants to keep, dives, touchdown. Gavin Espinosa's into the end zone for a Pioneer score that will stretch their lead back to 20, 32 to 12 with 3.41 to go. And they'd make a two-point conversion and win the game 34-12. to I want to give some uh, some stats before we uh, get to uh, Coach uh, Legro. Uh, Belly Grappi only played in the first half, uh, Brady. Seven carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown, and he caught three passes for 41 yards. 
outstanding. Espinoza had 191 yards at halftime, finished with the 205 uh, passing and three touchdowns in the uh, game. And they spread it around. A lot of people had big games. I mentioned Grappi with three catches. Jackson Gonzalez caught two for 53 yards and a score. Nick Monzo had five catches for 54 yards uh, because they didn't have Hosterman. So Monzo steps in and says thank you very much. Trevor Soule. Three catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown, and he did it in 27 seconds. After (laughs) Armada scored their first touchdown, there was 27 seconds left in the half, and they went to Seoul three plays in a row and scored. And that was the backbreaker, wasn't it? Yeah, that was was the one where you're like, okay, yeah, they're not going to catch up tonight. Um, uh, Crosslex has got this thing well in hand, a 20-point second quarter by the Pioneers. After the game, talk to Mike Legro. With Mike Legro after a 34 to 12 uh, victory, uh, coach, um, boy, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised when I come to to Croswell and you get off to a good start. Your defense won the battle tonight, and in the first half, unofficially, I had you guys for 334 yards in the first half. So you guys, you, you do some fun things out there. Right, uh, the guys played well tonight. We started fast. We've really uh, emphasized the the fast start this week. Ball ball security. Um, I mean, program wide, it was no one drops the ball any anywhere. Uh, I practice, so we we just kind of took that to heart. The only mistake we had was that uh, you know we thought we had a nice little uh, hitch and go to. And it was just it was a miscommunication, and there was a linebacker hiding there that we didn't think was going to be there. Um, but other than that, it, it was a pretty clean game for us for the most part. Up uh, on offense, defense played extremely well. We made two mistakes, uh, in my opinion, on the edge, and that's why they got around for two touchdowns on that on on the far uh, side for us. Uh, but you know, we're we're adjusting, and we're we're you know just trying to make it through. Earlier in the week, you talked about penalties. There were a lot of penalties for both teams uh, tonight. It cost you on your first drive, but then you came back on your second drive after uh, uh, bad luck on a punt. You start from your own five, but you guys went 95 yards pretty quickly and pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, I guess, the double-edged sword of our offense. I mean, sometimes you get a quick three and out, and sometimes you're able to just keep rolling on and going. Uh, You know, they were flipping back between a, a four front and a five front. And we were trying to see if we can get them caught in one and have a certain, you know, play for it. And, you know, got lucky a couple of times on those. Uh, I mean, Gavin able to, you know, lead the team 95 yards down the down the field was nice. Belly Grappi had a nice run on that uh, drive, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was just, you know, it, that's probably one of our better drives I think we've had all, all season. And it was, it was a complete drive as well. Belly was 94 of, or no, 91 of the 95 yards on that drive. Um he was absent in the uh, second half. Good week for you to have uh, a week off. Yeah, the bye week came <laughs> at, a, at a great time. Uh, we're a little banged up at uh, at some positions. Uh, we got you're gonna take the week to heal up and you know get some conditioning, get some weight room in, and uh, you know get the mind right for that uh, second half of the BWAC run, and you know have some tough games. We got Yale. Uh, we got go, we're going to Yale Park uh, for the Helmet Trophy. That's always a big game, big rivalry game for us. Uh, we got 
you know, Almont still coming. We still got Inlay City, still got North Branch, and we still got that uh, Freeland team at the end of the season. So it's going to be a nice little uh, test for us. This was a great game uh, for us. Like I said, it's hard to replicate championship-level football in practice. And when you get a, get a game like this, it's special. I was saying it all week to the boys. You know, you don't get a lot of these in high school. They're very special when you get to have them. A lot of media was here, a lot of people taking pictures, a lot of people cared about this game. The community absolutely showed out. That gave us tons of support. The student section was fantastic. It was just, it was a fun night for everybody. Uh, final guy I want to talk about is uh, Gavin. Uh, he's, you know, I, I've seen him a little bit, but this is the first time I've seen him play a whole game at quarterback. Uh, and he's kind of exciting back there. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but a lot of times he creates things that it's like, how did he even see that guy open? He's very similar to what Jake was his junior year. Uh, you know, Jake took a lot of chances and, you know, was able to uh, be successful on a lot of those chances. Gavin's the same way. They are legitimately cut from the same cloth. They're, they're, they're very, very, they're not the same, but they are very similar. Uh, you know, Gavin always wants to use his legs when he can, and, you know, he'll take off and when he does, and he'll keep it alive. And there's some plays that are so ad-lib that we eventually just start playing backyard football. And, you know, those are those kids that have been able to play football together in the, you know, the backyard or, the you know, at the playground at recess, and that's all that was for a while. All right, good win, get healthy. All right, thank you. Go Pioneers. Five different Pioneers had a, a touchdown for them on offense. And this was a banged-up Croslex team. Hosterman wasn't playing. Landon Butler showed up 15 minutes before the game because he was sick all day throwing up, didn't think he was going to play, and then said, Coach, I want to play. Um, and then they lose Groppy for the second half of uh, of this game. I mean, and still, and still, Brady, they pretty much dominated. So this is what I wanted to ask you. Did Croslex go above and beyond your expectations or did we have maybe or made a step too high on the pedestal after the Marine City win? You know, that's a really good question and I think it's a fair question and I think if you talk to the Croslex people, they'd actually tell you that they didn't think they played their best game. Um, but could that I don't and, think and a coach ever says the, they do. The, the thing with Armada, my only criticism of Armada, because I actually I like this football team. I like their attitude. I love their coach. Um, I like guys like Conan and Fodale. But that offense is not designed to play from behind. And if you're going to fall down 19 to nothing in the middle of the second quarter at Crosslex, you're not going to come back. No, they're, they're a ground and pound team. They don't threaten in the passing game enough downfield. Like they're they're not a chunk play team. And if if you're gonna fall behind big, they're in trouble. And they were in trouble. And their chance they had, I mean, you score right before the half. So you're thinking, okay, it was what, nineteen to six? Yeah, and then and you, they get, you the, get ball the ball first. So you're going okay. That's the ch that's why I love deferring. Is you can double up on drives, and if they get the ball to start the second half and go down the field and score, let's say it's let's, and they get the two point conversion, it's nineteen fourteen, and Dennis, you got yourself a ball game. Instead, you kind of mess up the squib kick, and well, the backbreaker happens. Yeah, uh, the, when and and you could kind of. 
like my my feeling up in the booth was, oh my goodness, they really gave Croslex a shot here. Not that you need to give them any reason to take the shot. Yeah, it's it's like they're only fifty three yards away with twenty seven seconds. They can score here, and they did. Um, and and that was the backbreaker. It's twenty six to six at halftime. And it's like, well, unless Armada charges down the field on their first possession and scores and their defense cranks it up, which actually their defense played really well in the second half. When you don't got, have belly grappy to worry about, it changes things yeah, up. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I believe Croslex had 24 yards in the second half and they still outscored them 8-6. to six. Well, let's be honest. If you're going to beat Croslex, you pro- I mean, the absolute most you can give up is... 21 like it's gonna be hard to score four touchdowns again unless you get a defensive or special team score or get a turnover deep in cross lex territory which effectively is a defensive or special team score how many times can you realistically unless you have just the best of the best can you ask an offense to go 60, 70-plus yards against the Crosslex defense. Not this Crosslex defense. I mean, last year was good, Brady. Yeah. But I'm starting to buy into the idea that they might be better this year. And, again, they didn't have all their guys. They weren't 100%. Yeah. Um, That's the scary part. And they're 4-0 now because they can't find a team to play next week. So they've taken – Taking, they're taking the Alcanac win, so they're four and zero. Which, I mean, if you get banged up, and it's not the worst time to have a bye. I know Mike Legro wants to play anyone he can in a parking lot, and they were and, looking. They were looking at teams in the UP. But hey, sometimes, yes, I know he's going to be driving himself crazy Friday night when he doesn't have a game to coach. But let your team get healthy. Let your team hang because. Give credit to – they're still a very physical team, and when they play a North Branch and an Almont, I think they match up a lot better because Croslex is so different. Almont, North Branch, and Armada are very similar style teams where Croslex is just attacks, and I still think this is a good Armada team. I just think Croslex might be a special team, and if they – and depending on how the injuries played out, the guys that weren't in and the guys that left, if they aren't out for a, a significant amount of time, if they get all their horses come playoff time, Dennis, this is a team that I think the sky's the limit, especially because we talked about it before in Division Four. there's no boogeyman to avoid. It's not, all right, we have to beat De La Salle, and it's going to take an A-plus-plus effort and them to make mistakes. I mean, Hudsonville Unity Christian was that team last year, and they are not that team this year. Chelsea already lost the defending state champs. Country Day's down in Division 5. It seems wide open for the taking, and Croslex might be one of those teams to go and take it. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Armada rebounds from this, so how this affects them. Um, they should be okay next week. They play Emily City. Um, but they still have Elmont and North Branch – on their schedule, which means they still have a chance to make noise in the BWAC. Yes, but they're going to need a lot of help if they want to claim a title. But I I come away feeling 
really, really, really good about Croslex. Like, I think they have put a cement layer. Well, I don't want to say that because North Branch just keeps rolling, and we won't get to decide that till week eight. But I think they are further putting themselves and separating from the pack because anytime we have any question, they don't just win, Dennis. They do so impressively. Yeah, they've been really good the first three weeks. Again, the Swan Valley, that's a 27-point win at Swan Valley and in week one. And don't go, well, they're one and two because their second loss is to Frankenmuth. Yeah. Uh, which those might – you could look back and their first two losses might be to two Final Four teams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, you know – they they decimated Richmond. Yeah. I mean, they put 61 points up. Um, and then in this game, again, 34 to 12, it, it was a a really good showing by a Croslex team that, I mean, this is, this is scary because we went into this one thinking, you know, Armada was maybe on the same plane with these guys, and they came in at maybe – 85, 90% only, and win by 22 points. Yeah. yeah. I give all the credit in the world to Cross-Lex. They are, they are really building something special, and they, I mean, what are you going to say that we haven't said already? They have so many different weapons. Hopefully all those weapons are back sooner rather than later because, I mean, I joke, you hit the belly button when something's going wrong. Because it works. Because, I mean, you said they had a 95-yard drive, and he had 92 of those yards between yeah. rushing and receiving. Like, And then they can just go, okay, Belly, take this drive off and sling it down the field. But you still have to respect it. But the, the, the team, one of the teams that is saying, hey, don't forget about us, North Branch. They continue to roll over teams. We expect them to roll over. I didn't expect it to be this bad. I didn't expect fifty-one nothing over Yale, Dennis. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I thought they'd win, but the, the, that's a little bit of a re- ridiculous. Uh, what are they? They've got one hundred and sixty-seven points, and they've given up seven in their first three games. Yes. Now, it was an emotionally charged game for North Branch. They were honoring their late coach, Coach Smesnick. They, I believe, they unveiled a mural of him, or, or we got, I got a picture of it. It was something really cool. So. That's always the tough game. It's always tough to go play the memorial game for someone. That adds a little extra boost. But, I mean, take away a little extra boost, and they still win by a lot. Uh, I still think, you know, Yale is is actually much improved. I don't know we talk about it. They lost by 51 points tonight. They're much improved. I just knew they weren't ready to slug it out with the big boys yet uh, because the top teams in the BWAC are exactly that. They're big boys. But I, I still think uh, Yale's going to win some football games before the year is uh, done. And clearly, I mean, North Branch is going good right now. They've outscored opponents 167-7 to seven yeah. through three weeks. Yeah. Like, that's I, – I don't care that it's been against three bad teams. Dennis, we've seen teams that we think are good or we want to see them dominate – lower teams. I mean, we we talked about it a little bit, and I think some of these teams, I don't know how they compare, but in the, our Mac, when we talked about our MAC teams, they didn't do this to teams. Like, we aren't talking about PH or Northern winning 51 to nothing and 
yeah, it's at home, and yeah, maybe Yale isn't the same level as a Mott or a Lance Cruz North, but still, that is still wholly impressive. And play the schedule in front of you, and they do what they're supposed to do. They'll be tested this week. They take on Almont. Almont had no problem with Emily City 42-17, and all 17 of Emily City's points came in the fourth quarter. Which actually good for them, right? The, they're playing hard. They're 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 outclassed right now, but they're playing hard. And I and I venture that Almont is doing what they need to do. They they did it against Hamtramck last week. I bet if they wanted to score sixty points on Hamtramck, they could. But at forty four to nothing, they, they kn- called off the dogs at halftime. And they know they have North Branch next yes. week. Yes, and that is a game that has been circled in blood for. 11 months now since the last time they played. Yeah. Like, um, anything else about North Branch or Elmont you want to add in? I just – BWAC's still tough. Don't – I mean, I still think Croslex is the front runners, but I ain't crowning them champs yet because I they still have a couple of big games. And, again, depending on what the health is, again, that's the same for every team. Yeah. Hey, a, a couple of your key guys go down – it could turn a season on its head, and yeah, you can't really blame anyone for injuries. So maybe next week we—I mean, hopefully, hopefully we want everyone to stay healthy. But hey, injuries can derail a season for anybody. And with how tough and how physical the BWAC is, I, I obviously Croslex has the inside track, but I'm not counting out those other two teams yet. All right, uh, Richmond will play tomorrow. We'll get to that, I guess, in our next segment. Uh, let's run through the GTC East here. Ubly being ugly, 57-16 over Marlette. What would you say in the first half they did? They had 20 snaps, and they scored 50 points. Wow. Wow. And Marlette was 2-0. They weren't a – they're not a helpless football team. But – and I read off all the names who scored. You want me to go read, read those off? They're all, all kids over. that played last year. Here, here was their like – they have brought back last year's team. Here's their first half scoring summary. They get the ball to start the game. Two plays, 51 yards. A four, it ends on a 41-yard mark. Uh, Heilig, Heilig? Uh, Heilig, I believe. Heilig, touchdown. Next drive. Doesn't even start because Evan Peruski returns a punt 47 yards for a score. Next drive. Evan Peruski, one play, 31-yard touchdown run. So they had run three snaps, and they have had 21 points. Start of the second quarter, five seconds in, a two-play 50-yard drive that ends on a nine-yard Seth Maurer. 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 Yeah, that sounds like it's a, a tough. It's, that, it's Maurer yeah, like with the, an extra ER. Yeah, like the, the Twins catcher. Yep. But with it, yeah, Maurer um, scores from nine yards out. So at this point, they have run five plays and have four touchdowns. Then a 25-yard Evan Peruski run uh, for four-play, 42-yard drive, a nine-yard pass to Luke Volmering, five plays, 12 yards. Jeez, they were really slacking on that drive. And they finish out the half, a six-play, 38-yard drive, ends with a 10-yard mark, Heilig run, 50 to nothing. Marlette going into the break. I believe Evan Peruski had like three runs for 83 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, off night. Hello. (laughs) There's a reason why they're the favorites in D8. Yeah. Like, it's... Like I saw some people around the state were a little high on Marlette. Like, oh, look, they're 2-0. and That's a really nice start. I wasn't expect. Yeah. We, we said on the show, uh, last show, Ubley's a different animal. 
Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, 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 again, like you said, Marlette is not a helpless team, but again, they're not at the level of the Bearcats. I don't know if any D8 team is at the level of Ubley. Yeah. But Ubley does have a big rival that likes to throw fits at them, and Harbor Beach is coming off a 30-16 to 16 win over Cass City this week. Very nice win for the Pirates. I doubted them. I thought Cass City would bounce back, and Harbor Beach always kept them at an arm's length. Then they go on the road to Cass City and get a nice conference win. Yeah, and uh, they're up to a 3-0 and start. Cass City's first team to score on Beach this yeah, year. Yeah, so gave up two touchdowns. In a battle of winless teams, Sandusky gets a win as they roll Memphis 52-14. to Not too shocked by that outcome. No. Uh, and yeah, Memphis is off to an 0-3 start, and really they haven't been competitive in any of their games yet. No, not at all. All right. But we'll get to teams that have been very competitive because, Dennis, it was a great night for eight-man teams. Bad nights if your team starts with A, <laughs> but a great night for Blue Water Area eight-man teams. That is actually uh, that's, that's a true stat from Brady. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs. It's real estate signed in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
and Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And, yeah, eight-man football on Friday night. It was uh, a good night for the uh, area teams starting with uh, Peck, who uh, rolled Akron Fairgrove 50-22. to And I was actually mildly concerned going into this one, and Peck took care of business pretty easily. Well, part of the reason why you were a little concerned, it wasn't without cause. Last week was a rough week for Peck and CPS. And Akron Fairgrove beat CPS. So you're thinking maybe they're a little better, but Peck goes and really takes care of business. You like to see it. And CPS, after a game that was described as what, a lot of first-game nerves? Yeah. They bounced back against an Ashley team who had beaten New Haven Merritt a week before and takes care of business 32-22. And Merritt, who was struggling in their first two games, found it against uh, a base of the All Saints team that uh, Gallagher had told us was much improved and had started off the season uh, with with a nice win, and Merritt wins 38-30. to This might be looked back as a bigger upset than we're giving it credit for. The other game uh, in eight-man, which uh, not on the MHSA site, but our friends at Thumb Tailgater had it on their website, KPAC 32, Burton Atherton 22, how about them Chiefs? How about them Chiefs? They're 2-1 and one now, and I thought this was going to be a decent game, uh, and it turned out to, to be, and I, like I say, you know, it's not easy to make the transition from 11-man to 8-man, especially defensively. That's usually, like, you can pick up the offense if you've got talent. Well, all, and, and I mean, that. offensive concepts are the same. Hey, get guys in open spaces, yeah. get your athletes in space. And I think I know they shrink the field a little bit, but I think there's more space to work in eight-man football. Uh, and and KPAC has played good defense. Um, only giving up 22 points is good defense in eight-man football. Um, you look at some of the scores and, like, Team scoring. It's gotten a lot better the last half it, it decade. It has, but but your top-notch teams still score a ton of points. Oh, it seems... Even like, after they had 32 points last week against a usually really good Mayville team. And they beat them. So, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of... Uh, to, to say to what K-Pack is doing here uh, early in the uh, their career in eight-man football. So, I just... They're, they're kind of my feel-good team. Yeah, sorry, I just saw a uh, 
looking at some of the scores, the team Brown City plays Britain Deerfield. Remember, they beat Deckerville in the playoffs. They lost 43-16 to this week. So, Who are um, they playing? Grand Rapids North Point Christian. I don't know them. I don't know them either. They're from Grand Rapids, apparently, <laughs> and they are a religious school, yeah. which they had won their first uh, couple games, 65-19 and 51-18. So. so apparently they're good. Yes, but anyway, sorry, I just got distracted. That was something I, I wasn't expecting. So, yeah, so Akron Fairgrove lost, Ashley lost, Atherton lost, and All Saints lost, all the area teams. Now, here's, here's our problem because the opponents uh, tomorrow or Saturday or today, whatever day it is, uh, are Onekama and Toledo Christian. So we need to figure out a way to get A's. Uh, well, Onekama starts at, with a vowel, so that's close enough. No, oh, wait, turn it around in there. Amaka, oh no, something like that. Anyway, Brown City's going to Doesn't roll off game. the tongue like Kanagla does. No, Brown, I, 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 Brown City is another great story uh, about I fully how they have expect just on, stormed into eight-man. I fully expect to be talking about a 3-0 and Brown City game. And I believe they're, they play Saturday next week against Sutton's Bay, that also looks like a winnable game. Yeah. Like, they are not just a story around here. They're going to be one of the stories around the state, Nate, man. Probably a lot of the teams in the Stars are glad they didn't get in this year. Yeah. <laughs> glad that they declared they're going to eight-man too late to join the league um, because they took K-Pac and Oakland Christian because they take two teams at a time. That's their charter. Uh, right. And so o- Oakland Christian got in there when KPAC got in there, and that didn't leave room for Brown City to get into the league when they said, hey, we want to play eight-man football. But that could lead to a fun playoff if KPAC, uh, Brown City, I believe Deckerville is eight-man D1, yes, or D2. Yeah, So Deckerville's you D1. could have those three teams all in one eight-man. Well, they go regions, don't they? They don't have districts. Yeah, their playoff is one week shorter. So yeah, so they have regional semifinals and finals yeah. instead of just a regional final after a district final. Um, so the, hey, they could all end up playing each other. That would be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, and Toledo Christian Deckerville that makes up for the Flint International game, which I think Flint International's canceled their season. I think so too. It's hard to get information on it, but it, it looks like they're not going to play a game. You get to some of these small schools, and you can tell they update their their website once every six months to a year. Now, there are some that are really nice. Like, you look, Brown City has one of the best. I can get more information from Brown City's website than I can get from some of our big schools <laughs> around here. <laughs> it, it really just depends if you have someone dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, geez. And football is usually the easiest sport to get information for. Because they're only playing once a week, and you got all week to get it up there. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it looks like uh, international, really, since their their Brawlgate game last year. With Genesee. Yeah, and, and the Genesee international game just disappeared off of last week's schedule. Yeah, it's – anyway. Um, all right, do you want to talk about tomorrow's games or today's games, the Saturday slate? Or do you want to talk about my little mini rant? That well, let's do the the games first because you're going to see and and this one like we were talking about it off the air. Uh, this Mooney game might be a, a bigger game than we initially were looking at it as. I believe Shrine and Everest in the Catholic League, the intersectional two, the league Mooney's in, are combined zero and six. Yeah. Now, I haven't played a league game. Shrine yet. started off rough. 
last year. I think they were 0-2 and 0-3 to start. Everest, though, they lost tonight, what did I say, 55 to nothing to New yeah. Lothrop. Now, it's not surprising they lost to New Lothrop. There's no shame in that. Wasn't expecting it to be in super running time. That's tough. And Shrine hasn't been overly competitive in, in their games either. Uh, they are, sorry, um, Everest is 1-2. They beat Flint Beecher. Yeah. Which, so they're combined 1-5. Royal Oak Shrine, 0-3. They've scored 13 points and have given up 70, uh, 98 points. Wow. And they have to go to Mooney next week. Now, they were 0-3 when they played Mooney. Or they Mooney, have to host Mooney next week. When they played Mooney last year, but it was a different kind of 0-3 than the 0-3 that they are now. I, they lost to Grass Lake, Riverview, Gabriel Richard, and Bishop Foley. Where they pan out, I can't give you an intelligent guess, but that's that's where they are. And, yeah, Liggett's 2-0, and haven't given up a point. Mooney's far and away the best team they've played so far. I'm excited for this one. I think Brendan Hazen later. I mean, he's a big part of their offense, but Brian Everhart's not bad. Luke Bright's not bad. If Ryan Trombley plays, that's a big part of their offense. They have other guys that can make a difference. It's not a one, one-man show, even though Brendan Hazen later is an exceptional athlete. They have talent around him, and that's part of the reason why he's so successful. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what kind of a Liggett team this is because they threw, 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 threw last year. And last week, Mooney had to deal with an option team. This week, they might have to deal with 50 pass attempts uh, if it's the same Liggett team that they saw last year. I've been having long games this year. I don't want to have another (laughs) three-hour game. Uh, You're going to see Richmond play. Oh, my game starts at 2 o'clock if you're listening to this in the morning, pregame 140. Dennis, you get started a little earlier at 1240 for a 1 o'clock kick as Richmond welcomes in Detroit U Prep. We talked about it on Thursday's show. Don't know a lot about them. We don't think they're very good. Yeah, they've been blowing out in their two games this year. This is a chance for Richmond on good old days weekend to get a good feeling uh, after a very bad game last week against Croslex. They did get a win in week one. So you could lose a game by 54 points, Brady, and still come out of the first third of your season with a winning record. And a, and a real chance, and you put, come into Yale and Emily City or your next two BWAC games, they could be looking at a 4-1 and one start. Yeah, and, and you want this win – and you want this win to be a nice win, an easy win, because that will make you feel better. A confidence-building win. Yeah, going in to take on Yale. Yes, it will, and that's going to be a very hungry Yale team. Yes. Very hungry Yale team, because they poor Bulldogs have such a tough start. They went, what, Armada, North Branch, Cross, Lex? Well, no, the, the Yale's looking at next week's Richmond game going we have, well, they play, we have oh, to play cross Lex the week after oh, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah, better yeah. win this yeah game. yeah that's sorry I got I got it flipped because cross Lex is on the bye that's right yeah. I was thinking cross Lex next game anyway so uh those are all we don't have a ton of Saturday games this week but those are the ones we do have so uh anything else on the Saturday slate of games uh, just that um, I, it's a big game for Mooney, so I'm really interested in seeing how that pans out, and I need a Mooney win so that I can get a perfect week. 
Yes. I've been grasping at these. You perfect. have I've been, been so close. I can't even denied. deny it. You've been on it a lot this year. This has been at least best third of a season <laughs> you've ever had. All right. Got to um, stay healthy. Yes. Um, and uh, and avoid mistakes. Yes, because I took a few uh, risks this week, and they all Which is all right. I, I don't mind your, your riverboat gambling attitude, especially I don't think, when it works out for me. I don't think I took any, like, just what the hell are you thinking picks. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought I made educated, took educated risks um, with the picks, but I just want to talk about something related to the game of football real quick that I've seen, and it actually does not affect me at all but I think it would be annoying and I'm sure there's a reason this is happening but I'm not a big fan of it so you know scrolling Twitter just trying to see everything and I swear Friday morning more than half my feed is schools going hey we play here this school is a a uses this ticketing system or this school doesn't and this school only accepts electronic tickets and this school does not accept electronic tickets and it just seems like a huge headache listen i get and i and i'm 26 years old i'm I'm a young guy and i completely understand hey you go to a tigers game you go to a lions game it's cashless there's no reason to bring cash. Your card pays for everything. Your ticket's on your phone. I get that for when you have a 40,000-seat arena. You have a 65,000-seat stadium at Ford Field. That makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me when you have a game where if you are packed, you have 2,000 people. That's where it doesn't. And I just know it. when your clientele, a lot of it are grandparents and aunts and uncles and parents that may be a bit older. I understand it's convenient if it works out for everyone, but this electronic ticketing thing, and some people have it, some people don't, it just seems like an unnecessary headache to a problem, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it was, but didn't seem like that big of a problem in the first place. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 54. The last thing I want to do at a high school football game or any sporting event is have to figure out how to get my ticket up on my phone. I just want to, it's like five, six bucks to get in. Here, here's a $5 bill. Can I go sit down? Right. It just, again, is it the worst thing in the world? No. And is there probably good reasons to do it? Yes, it makes things simpler. You don't have volunteers handling cash and, and it reduces theft. And I'm sure that's part of the big reason why. And I understand that, but it just, we, I like uniformity. And it's like, oh, we're playing here, and this place only accepts the electronic tickets. Or, oh, we go at this place, and they don't have any electronic tickets. Pay at the gate. And it's like, listen, yes, I get it. It's very quick at, and I like it at Tigers games. And I like it at Lions games and Red Wings and Pistons and concerts. Because, hey, you hold it up, boom, scan right in. and Because you're trying to get through tens of thousands of people. There's no lines to worry about. Now, I, when you go to Ford Field, I understand that. When you go to a state semifinal game and you get 5,000 people at a game, I understand that. But I don't understand it for a game where the combined populations of two schools are 10,000 people and you don't get that many people there. So that's just my little mini rant. And maybe I'm just being get off my long guy, but <laughs> which is I, usually my job. Yes, but it just is something that's like, can we just 
either tell everyone, get this in now, and maybe, may, who knows, maybe I'm making an ass out of myself, and there has been an edict saying, by this point, you have to be all electronic, but it just seems like you don't need to do that at the high school level until you get to neutral site games in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm fine with them not using it at all. Like It just seems it's not hard to walk up and, like you said, here's a five. You're not paying for suites. You're not exchanging hundreds of thousands of dollars, which I'm sure like when you run a concession stand at, at a sporting event, there are hundreds of thousands of dollars being exchanged, a couple thousand dollars. And I know theft, and that's a lot of money to some people, I if, if the problem was that rampant, I'll back off and say, you know what, it's the right move, but it just seems annoying and a, a nuisance that doesn't need to be there. That said, the last five minutes of me complaining doesn't change anything. So, um, yeah, let's end on a, on, a, on a little bit of a brighter note because I'm excited for the games on Saturday, and I'm excited to talk about them on Tuesday show. Yep, Richmond, Detroit prep, 1 o'clock kickoff, be on the air at 1240 on Stream 1, and Mooney at Liggett is a 2 o'clock kickoff, so look for Brady at 140. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's about it. And Overall, a solid week for teams in our area. Sands, the Marysville loss, that was the only loss really to a non-local team. Looking at the board, I yeah, think so. I'm, lo- I'm looking at just kind of running because someone had to lose the, the BWAC games and someone had to lose the St. Clair Marine City game. Yeah. So yeah, Northern wins, PH wins, Marine City wins, Croslex wins, North Branch wins, Almont wins. Kind of a usual week. <laughs> and all the eight man teams won. All the eight man teams won, and I think the two that play tomorrow are going to win too. Well, I don't know about. I don't know what Toledo Christian is for Deckerville. Oh, Deckerville's going to win. All right, you heard it here first. Dennis has been absolutely on been fire on with roll. the picks. And go Mooney, I want a 10-0. There you go. This And I think this is the toughest week. Anyway, it's late. We've rambled on long enough. Dennis, anything before we go home? Nope, I'm done. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.